to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms. The story of addiction and the road to recovery. We're not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step-based organizations or groups in any way. And here we are on another episode of the show, man. Let's it's good go. to see you. I mean, pink? Is that what we're doing today? Yeah. Real men wear pink. That's what I'm saying. I bought a pair of shoes today. Don't tell my wife. You know you know, the shoes are getting bad when you got to sneak them in the house? Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at. But it's good to see you, bro. I love you. I love you too, this bro. This is one of my favorite things to do. But today we have a special, special guest. We got Dominica on the show. Dominica. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And she's here. And I'm telling you right now, she's this... When we talk about bringing recovery all-stars on, you know, um, I know she wants to be humble and all that, but uh, I'll be the one to say it. I mean, this, you, I mean, you're all over the place. (laughs) We have rescheduled on you like six times. (laughs) I mean, it's a bad look, but we got you here. And I mean, sponsoring women, she's probably has 47 sponsees right now. There's a thread. I know I've seen it. There's a, there's a, there's a text thread with all of her sponsees on it that is just blowing up all day long i think they got slack they had to go get an industrial <laughs> yeah you know, they, they have a whole system yeah definitely they got an it guy for it and everything for sure uh, no uh, slack couldn't hold us we're just, just god is way too big that's working through me yes and, and that's right and and truly it is and you know you have one of those messages that not only touches and affects and, and hits the heart of women but also for men so thank you for being on the show today this is going to be awesome ron how did you meet her well, I met Dominica as another woman I met in the program through uh, Faith Over Fear, coming around CMA when I first got out of prison. And Dominica was one of them women, you've heard me mention this before, she was one of the first women that, fresh out of prison, that I was able to um, form a relationship and a friendship with, and purely a friendship and a relationship. Like, um, Wow, that's a pretty big deal for you, bud. It's huge. Yeah. You know, I, but, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. But women, <laughs> women like Dominica and the other women that I associate with, um, boundaries, right? Absolutely. They put those boundaries up and they, they teach, right? Through their actions. So, you know, Dominica, uh, I've been friends with her for about two years now and she's a superstar and I just, any of the commitments I go to, I love to get her down there to speak because especially at the men's facilities, cause I like to see men, uh, just kind of wilt in their, in their seat when she, she gives her message. It's awesome. I mean, it's definitely a powerful message. But, you know, when we talk about being a recovery all-star, you know, there's a lot that goes with it, right? There's a lot of qualifications. There's a story. There's some things that have happened where you are able to now earn that chair that we all three have earned. So let's talk a little bit about your story, Dominica. So you were born in Illinois and, you know, the family dynamic is kind of what I want to hear about. So if you can just kind of tell us what it was like growing up, family dynamic, um, and then let's jump into the first time that you started using because you were pretty young. So why don't you take a moment just to kind of share that little time period? Absolutely. Absolutely, Jason. And Ron, I don't know how I'm going to top this. Thank you for that introduction. Um, So... Basically, and my name's Dominica. I am a, a grateful, grateful recovered addict and alcoholic. And um, man, childhood. You know, honestly, I, I I really enjoyed my childhood. I can honestly say that it wasn't it wasn't a horrible childhood, and it wasn't like this the greatest childhood. It was just, it was a childhood that has memories. And my family, you know, it was amazing. My mother's my queen. 
Uh, we're Italian, Chicago, oh, Illinois. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got Jay's attention. I mean, we got three paisans sitting here right now. Yes, we do. Absolutely. So you know how that is then. You know, home-cooked meals, uh, church on Sunday. Okay, you know, I get you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and my mother, she, man, she taught me how to pray. She taught mm-hmm. me how to say, you know, the Our Father. Um, God, she also taught me how to hold a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, a little chaos That's in my Italian, house. Italian moms, yes. I get that <laughs> you know my sister my best friend still to this day i love my sister She's what's her name natalie shout out natalie shout out natalie okay <laughs> and uh i've always wanted to be like my sister you know and I, i've always looked up to her but she tells me that these days i'm the wind beneath her wings oh. and I, I just i couldn't you know it just yes absolutely blessings and um everything was great my mother was on the pta oh, you know she did the PTA. events the committees mm. uh, lots of friends coming over things like that sounds and pretty familiar to me my dad uh, i'm his uh his peaches and cream his pride oh. and joy uh, he was absent i did have an absent father though um we could talk about that maybe later on down the road but yeah. You know, my father is, is a big part of my recovery also today, Absolutely. and uh, I, I love him. And he always told me, just don't pick up a drink or a drug, no matter what, good, bad, or ugly. And it took me 20 years to understand yeah, what, that right. what that meant. We're late bloomers, as <laughs> yeah. I, my mom and yeah. my dad would say. Yeah. I'm like the smartest dumbass you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that my dad has said that to me before. Shout out, dad. Yeah. Um, and, and so... God, the Italian childhood, man, I get that. We all three of us get that, you know. Um, but at some point, very, very young, it, you turn to to alcohol and, and, and that lifestyle that comes with, you know, everything. And, you know, we're, I'm not going to say the age, but we're the same age, so I get it. We came from the same time period, and I know exactly what it, what it was like, and we probably knew some of the same people. Um, but let's hear it. Let's hear the first time you used the age, what that what that was really like, and the next few years on into junior high. Sure. So you know, basically, even with a, a great childhood, you know, uh, I still wanted to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with who I want to do it, wherever. And and I I was very defiant. Um, You know, I wanted to do things my way. And so I, my first drink, my first real drink, I I just like to go right there, is Mm -hmm. I'm 12 years old, you know, and I'm hanging around gang, gang members. Wait, 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 hold on. 12 years, my my daughter's 11. When we have people on the show, right, and, and... 11 10 12 13 i I just think of my daughter and i'm like what the like are you 12 years old so we're talking like fit sixth grade yeah yes okay so sixth grade you're hanging out with gang members i am and i um i convinced some uh, some older gang members of age to go buy me some a six pack of red dog oh red dog dog. (laughs) 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 i remember when they came back with this beer it was so late at night and i remember grabbing the bottle and then i was like oh i can't drink this this is warm yeah, excuse me. I'm going to need this ice cold. Yes. <laughs> and so they literally looked right at me and said, bitch, I just bought this drink for you. Now you're going to have to drink up. And so I did. And I, yeah. and I followed direction. And uh, about the third, fourth bottle of that beer, they were slamming it so far down my throat while they were spitting on me, laughing at me. Mm. It was a game to them. And um, I got alcohol poisoning. Wow. The first, first, first time. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, regurgitating so bad. 
um, and so sick that I stumbled upon a friend's doorstep and her, her mother answered the door, not because I knocked, but she could hear me she's getting like, sick all yeah, over the patio. Yeah, she's like, we got to yeah. check out front. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, you, you would think that I would, I would never drink again. Mm-hmm. This is a, a horrible yeah. experience, but... I don't ever want to do that again. Right, days later, I'm sick and I have this, my head, my head, oh my gosh, like understatement is migraine is an understatement right and this is a traumatic experience for a 12 year old it would be traumatic for any age i would think you know and um but man something made me feel a part of Mm. something still made me feel like i i was a part of and i was welcomed and i continue to drink with these types of people yeah it's it's so crazy the way this thing works right here Mm -hmm. it's nuts you know we have those experiences near-death experiences how many i can't tell you how many times i did coke and i was up all night long and then the sun comes up and i'm like oh my god i hate this i'm never gonna do this shit again and then the next the you know what i mean the alcohol i've I've woke up with a catheter and i've wrecked cars i've hit houses with vehicles and i've done all these things and every single time i tell myself i'm done i'm not gonna do this shit again then here i am doing it again And what what do we know that to be today? Because we all work. I mean, hold up for a second here. <laughs> look, look at this big book. Look here. at her book. All right. Yes. I want everyone to see this book. And I'll tell you right now, not that it matters, but if if you wanted to show me what type of program, not that it matters. If you wanted to show me <laughs> what type of program you work, there's only one thing I need to see, and that's your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you work a solid program. Okay. <laughs> yeah. but, I well, think it's in still good shape. I mean, got, yeah. How attached do I don't know where my, I keep my big book now because it's <laughs> falling apart like that in a little bag. So I don't lose the, the pieces and I'm keeping it under my seat. And I have to know where that thing is at all times. So I'll freak out. Yes. I'm, I'm missing page 86. <laughs> I can't find mine. And that's an important page. But back to what we were talking about, what we're really talking about is the baffling feature of addiction, right? The utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. I could wish it. I could pray it. I could see the need in every aspect of my life, but I can't not not use and so here we are, and it's starting for you already. You're 12 years old. You're hanging out. You have that experience with the alcohol poisoning. And then ultimately now we come into junior high, and men are involved. And, and what, what, what's that time period like? Junior high was absolutely horrible for me. Um, nobody in my town would know that because I always went about my day smiling, you know, happy, mm. looking great on the outside, but dying on the inside, like I had this void, this what I call a, a God-sized hole, and it was filled with resentment and shame and guilt and pity. Mm-hmm. I mean, by that time, you know, sixth grade um, or just junior high in general, I want to say there was probably at least four men that have taken advantage of, of me after the first one took my innocence away. Wow. You know, and I, I never told anyone. Um like I said, I just went around with a smile on my face. And, and, and when I did tell somebody, you know, at one point, they didn't do anything. Um, so I kind of had that, like, why bother asking yeah, for no, help if gonna... no one's going to help you or believe you? Yeah. So I just stopped asking for help and figured, okay, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be going through. This is going to be my life. So yeah. I continued on and, you know, just did whatever I could to fill that hole. Like, And, and I believe in the book, it's called A Spiritual Malady. Mm. Mm. Uh huh. That's exactly what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right. And it, it's just what's happening now is we're building up all of the reasons why we continue to use because drugs and alcohol are the solution to problem. Don't think, don't feel, don't care. Guilt, shame, embarrassment, remorse, regret. And I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel the trauma from the alcohol poisoning and the gang members and that incident. I don't want to feel mm-hmm. what happened with those other men. And I want to act like it didn't happen. And the only way I could truly do that is when I get higher 
get drunk. And so now we're continuing to really build just a cycle of a spree that's going to continue for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so that carries you into high school. And and what was high school? If you had to sum up high school, what, first off, where'd you go? Which, 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 how many do you want me to name? Yeah, I mean, if you, (laughs) what do you identify with? In Illinois, I went to Addison Trail High School. Shout out Addison Trail High. AT Blazers. Oh, you know what it is. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and then I got, I I woke up one morning, you know, there's guns in my face. And um, I find out that my mother, my queen, the PTA member, uh, leader is the uh, largest drug dealer in our town, and um, okay. oh shit, mom! Yeah, so Italian she, mom, oh Italian mom, mm-hmm. shame mm-hmm. playing. And don't Guarantee get me that. wrong, my mother is my queen, and I love my mother. Shout out, mom! Absolutely, I do mm. not. There is there is major yeah. forgiveness, major no love. No doubt, no doubt. Yes, and, and so I got chipped off. All I hear is waking up with guns in your face, and it sounds like fifteen Iran stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You just took me back to 2012. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 Which time, right? Right. Another time, another show. Jay, come get me, please. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Ohio this time again? <laughs> he was on the run, and we got him out to Ohio, Mr. Tony Valentino. That was <laughs> yeah. his, um, allegedly. He, <laughs> uh, I might have misspoke right there. But the point <laughs> is, was, is he showed up at my doorstep. I, like, <laughs> I was supposed to be in Ohio hiding out, and I showed up at his house because... Couldn't get no speed in Ohio. Yes, so he came back. Very boring state, buddy. Yeah, Yeah. so so he comes back, knocks on my door. Shout out my wife. She let him back in, no questions asked. (laughs) Two o'clock in the morning with a duffel bag, and uh, yeah, man, I get, I, I, we. It's funny because when we talk about these stories, you know, we get it right. And so you come back to Arizona, and you're going to PV High School, I believe, is a PV. Uh, actually, I was uh, shipped off to California, and oh, you then went to Cali. Um, okay, yeah, I ended up being homeless out there for a while. I was sober, That's and then sober uh, homeless. I was sober homeless. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is the Damn. people out there. Like, hear me out. They're itching, they're puking, and they keep like falling asleep with cigarettes in their hand. Right. And, and I found out that that's heroin. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Ah, okay. and, and to me, it was the dumbest thing ever is like, why, why would you do a drug that, that makes, yeah. Like if yeah. you're itching and puking, like why would you even why? do that? I'll tell Doesn't you, know why. Sense yeah. to me. I'll tell you why, because in the <laughs> beginning we have this allergic reaction, right. right? We know what the book says. The book says we have an allergic reaction. It's called craving mental obsession, physical allergy. But another good description of the allergic reaction is when you do drugs and they give you the opposite effect, right? Sure. And so in the beginning, when I do heroin or I do opiates, I'm fucking talkative. I want to clean the baseboards. I want to tell stories from 1997, sophomore year in high school. Of course, tolerance kicks in, and then I'm the guy that's slumped over, burning holes in his pants and smoking a cigarette, right? Yeah. Speed, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Right, the opposite effect, and then all of a sudden tolerance kicks in, and I'm looking like Ron back in 2012. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> 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 right, but not everybody can relate to that allergic reaction. Nah, but not yeah, really, no. but um, I can. And, and so you go to you're in California, and at some point you do come back to AZ. I right? do. So I was only homeless for a little bit, only about a year, so not long, <laughs> and. Um, I come here to Arizona. I went to, you know, good old Paradise Valley High School. Oh, shout PV. out, PV. <laughs> What's the mascot? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, the Trojans. Oh, and we were the school Trojans. District 69. Actually, I live right by there, I think. Yeah. I'm on 7th Street in Union Hills. This is yeah. where I live. 14th Street yeah. in Bell. It's a nice school over there. Yep. 
And uh, what's going on at that school, though? I'm assuming you find the party scene. What's that look like? You know, I do because they told me not to associate with the kids that eat lunch outside. And that's like the first place I went well, I because I'm I want to know why. <laughs> and so they invited me to a rave. Um, oh, the rave? Yeah, it was uh, called Balloon. I remember it. And... Um, I, and I, of course, I respectfully accepted that invitation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, they handed me this little blue pill, mm. and it had a Smurf on it. Yep. And mm. I just immediately took this pill, and I'm telling you, like, boom! There's this, there's this, this line in the big book that says liquor and drugs used to be. I'm sorry, liquor, liquor used to be a luxury, and then liquor yeah. became a necessity. Yeah. However, when Bill's I read story. that, yeah, mm-hmm. in Bill's story, I read it like liquor and drugs used to be a luxury, but then liquor and drugs mm-hmm. became a necessity. Because if I could actually pinpoint when I crossed the line into like real full-blown addiction, definitely. That was the time period. Definitely. Yeah. The time period. And it's yes. crazy when you work your 12-step program and then you're what you're doing is you're, you know, seeing the experience of some of the first hundred who recovered along with, you know, the founder of the program and then along with the sponsor. And in doing so, you're able to look back at your life and identify with the book and then you can diagnose yourself because only you can be the one to tell yourself that there's a problem, ask for help. Finally, it takes being mangled like the book says. Mm. And, and so... Mm finally but we're talking about ecstasy right here right now and when you talk about the rave scene were you like a pacifier glow sticks i mean were you a glow stick fire thing did you get the fire thing you know they do fire and shit did Uh, you do the 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 master blaster with the vicks uh, jay Jay, i gotta know hang on before you answer have you ever been to a rave jay yeah i've been to a rave you're a raven a in couple the desert. times. In I mean, yeah, I'm not a raver. I wouldn't identify as a raver, but I've been to like several. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he must yeah. have been a jungleist With then, because the, they were like the fist yeah, pumping dude. I fist pumped at him, dude. <laughs> I'm sweating, drinking water, eating pills. Sweating on everybody, fell in love with forty six people in one night. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I know exactly what you're talking about. But were you a pacifier? I was check? a candy kid. Jason, Is that what they call yes, it? Okay. I was a candy kid. Right. Absolutely. I, I freestyled on stage. Um, what do you mean, like freestyle rap? Yes. Oh, what, well, did you spit a <laughs> flow did. for us? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> a whole other episode. Another time, another uh, show. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I just had good old fierce determination always came back, right? Yes. You know, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, I promoted for them um, for Candy Kid Productions for, for a very long time, and um, I ended up uh, landing myself in the emergency room. Mm. In the yeah. hospital, the male yeah. clinic out Hospitals, here. Hospitals, institutions, and death. Yeah. Designer Rex. drugs. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Overheating. Uh, you yeah. get hot. Over yeah, eight. like definitely like someone inside. I, like I someone's BMW. Big, I used to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seen. I seen a. I love that car. Yeah, I know you did. Hula <laughs> girl on the dash. Yeah, yeah, um, just like that. <laughs> I saw this this thing about that about the whole rave scene mm-hmm. and these doctors how they talk about how those drug those particular combination of drugs cook you from the inside out, mm-hmm. and that's how people die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For real. Dehydration. Yeah, absolutely. Suffocation. How many people do you see die of raves? Did you ever, do you remember? Do you, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I remember uh, a rave called Ecstatic Appeal. And um, I remember there was this this girl and she was sleeping on the bench and I kept not, I kept nodding at her. Yeah. Come on, come on, let's go dance. Yeah, come come on, on, I got pills. Let's yeah, go. Go, go. She, she didn't acknowledge me and go eventually go, I was like, go. fine, you're lost, right? And um, found out later on in the newspaper that that girl overdosed that night and wow. I was actually nudging a dead person. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, 
But yeah. it, didn't, it didn't stop you. No. No. Yeah, no, that that wasn't your last rave, I'll tell you that. Definitely was not my last rave. And, uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And, um, I mean, e- even the doctors told me, like, you have to stop. Like, you're going to die. And uh, I had over 150 electrodes all over my head. I was, I'm, I am drug-induced epileptic. I have a heart murmur, a blood disorder, a brainwave dysfunction still to this day. And um, I... Fear sobered me up for like a little bit, yeah, right? I get you that. know, Says but that. check yeah. this out. And, and this is a. sobered me up for a bit. Yeah, it says it. Yeah. yeah, one of my really good <laughs> friends, um, Joey. I'm sure you know the man. Yeah, we want to give him a shout out, Joey. Shout out, Joey, Joey Sanctuary. Yeah, shout out, Joey Landon, everyone at Sanctuary. We're in Sanctuary Studios <laughs> right now. So thank you for letting us use the studio after hours. We love you. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, he said something one day that really hit home is that, you know, at that very moment, that doctor's appointment, Half my brain manufactured bullshit and the other half bought it because that doctor didn't tell me that I can't smoke crack cocaine. Oh, oh shit. Left he that out. Right. Yeah, he left that out. Right. So now we're smoking rocks. Now I'm smoking rocks. Oh, and I'm speaking your language, player. Yeah. <laughs> Gakalakin. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This kind of says our age a little bit. Yeah, our yeah. age, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a crack attack or two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just, it's uh, seriously, it's, uh, you know, and I'm thinking I'm living the dream. You know, I got me some new shoes and mm-hmm. I got people buying me stuff. And then I bump into uh, an old biker dude around three o'clock in the morning and <laughs> His head is like spinning like the exorcist. And all I could think to myself is, I want my head to spin like the yeah, exorcist. Like, yeah. what you got, buddy? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I find out like. All, all the way around. Not normal. <laughs> <laughs> A wraparound. Yeah. A wraparound. And so now we're smoking crack and, you know, that is no fun. Um, but we think it's fun. And, you know, I've, you know, as we all know that, then you know, that's Ron's was Ron's drug of choice yeah. back in the day because he's from New York and that's all they had out there. And it's crazy how it took a long time for meth to get to the East coast. Like, well, we're here right here on the border. We got everything right. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. But it took a long time. Like family out there, they didn't have no idea what, what meth was. No, they never seen no. it. Right. Mm-mm. Um, but ultimately just like Ron's story, right. The crack leads to the meth now. Yes. And so at 17 years old, you get introduced to meth and now you go on, um, uh, run for a decade. Right. Um, and, and we don't have to share so much about what happened on that run or what it was like for all the listeners who are for alcoholic addicts, you know, exactly what that decade was like. Um, but how does that decade end? Right. Like, like what happens? Cause I said a decade. So what's that last little bit of that run look like? Um, it looks like I don't want to listen to the probation officers. Oh, my PO's a bitch. My PO is a bitch. Mm-hmm. You know, I caught I caught some charges for credit cards. I oh. never ha- I never had any of my own. Let yeah. me just make sure we're clear of that. I just would spend the living shit Allegedly. out of everybody else's. Yeah. You know, and so and so I moved to this this uh, geographical move. Yeah, Peoria is my problem. Mm-hmm. Peoria. And that's <laughs> <Yes>. my problem. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know some places. Yeah. Um, I meet like I meet this guy, right? Like, I'm like one or two weeks like dry sober because I can't get anything in Elgin, Illinois, and uh, but this this guy had like a house and a car and a job and like yeah, and you were in love. I held him hostage. Codependency yeah. <laughs> yeah, at its finest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and um, you know, I got pregnant, and um, that happens. Yeah, yeah, Oops. that's a, that's a thing, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and but like here's the thing about that pregnancy is that. Like, for me, my baby was the solution 
to all my problems. Like my son was going to fix me and because of him, I don't have to live like that anymore. Right. And, um, man, I remember I, I, I was, I was doing what I was supposed to finally do. And, um, but I half measured it. Like I had to go to these meetings mm. and things and get yeah. slips signed and stuff like that. I went to the Hope House in Elgin, Illinois. Shout out Hope House. Shout out Hope House. And um, I, I picked a sponsor who I was hoping would pass away before I complete steps, especially <laughs> yeah. that fifth step. And um, um, look at this guy. He's so got I, 47 years or girl. He, she is 89. Yeah. <laughs> and if I slow play this step work, she'll be dead by step five. That, that was your plan. Horrible, that was your like, plan. Seriously, I'm like, there's no I get freaking that. way I'm not doing this fifth yeah, step. Yeah, I get uh-uh, that. I get not that. Not happening. Okay. So I half measured my step work. So what, like, in a nutshell, long story short, is I wrote down on, on that step work what, like, I thought a teacher wanted. Like, I was passing a test, right? So I half measured it. I left so much out. I wasn't thorough. I mean, I was still stealing from doctor's offices and, and things like that. Like, you know, not telling anyone. I just really wasn't living a very spiritual life, but I did yeah. some work. So I, I was cured. Yeah, I'm I was good. cured. Relief, not recovery. What a relief. I did yeah. the steps. Get me on probation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so now here we are. Did you get off probation? I did. And I came mm. back to here to good old Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you're back in Arizona and, and you, are you working a program? Are you sober-ish? I, I got a new sponsor and yeah. her name was Dominica. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sponsor myself. <laughs> I sure did. And it, it did not work out very well. Mm, no, yeah. it did not. Man. And when you say it didn't work out very well, that obviously that means another relapse, right? Yeah. You know, I'm How'd just, that happen? Oh, my God. Like, I just remember, I don't even know, like where it was but I bump into an old high school friend her name is Chrissy and like the first words that roll off of my tongue were do you still roll bowls and she says yes Mm. Mm. I didn't even like consider yeah at times we have no effective mental defense against that first drink or drug Mm -hmm. not one Mm. it's crazy how that happens right like far greater than ourselves Yeah, yeah. unless we maintain that connection and keep it on a day-to-day basis, all three of us, if we don't do that, we're doomed. We're doomed. And, and, you know, at times, you know, the life that recovery has given all three of us, you know, it, it... my disease tells me I don't need to go to meetings anymore. My disease tells me you don't need it. You don't need to sponsor these men anymore. Look, you got jobs, you got this, you got to go here. You like, you got kids, like you're good now. But that's the reason why we continue to go to continue to fight against that. Because if I don't, then I'm going to run into somebody. And then all of a sudden, do you spin bulls is going to come out of my mouth without even thinking. Right. Even think. Well, you know, today we were talking about um, today. We were talking about what came to mind was the reprieve, right? The Mm -hmm. reprieve. Contingent on the main. It's my spiritual condition. Step 10. And, And Jason, what's the. What's a reprieve? So a reprieve, what a reprieve means is a stay from execution, right? I got a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition, my disease. I'm not cured, right, of this disease. I have recovered, right? I'm in remission, if you will. Right. I've got to continue to treat it because every single day my disease is trying to kill me unless I maintain my spiritual condition. How do I do that? Right. By talking about the way I feel, prayer, meditation, mm. sports, physical fitness, being present in the, my kids' lives, tucking my daughter into bed, picking her up from school. Those are the things that I do that continue to keep me spiritually intoxicated. Because if Amen. I don't do those, perfect example. I'll be the first words come out of your mouth are, hey, do you still roll bowls? 
right? right? Without even thinking, our brain will convince us that that's the thing to say. Yeah, and it's even worse than that, honestly, Ron. Like, my, my, my brain convinced me that I deserve this. Like, I, I've worked really hard, and, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to be, um, I'm not going to be the person I used to be, and I put a lot of work into my program, and, and I just deserve to have a little bit. And what a little bit looked like for me that day was we instantly took my son um, into the bathroom of my apartment, put him in a bathtub, and we smoked meth in that same bathroom where my son was in that bathtub for probably nine hours. That's, um, a, that's a pretty long bath. Yeah. Unless that's a meth timeline going on in my head, but it was yeah. a long yeah. time. And I just remember like making sure his head is above water, right? And, and throwing him little bits of food or something to keep him occupied because mom's getting high now. Yeah. So I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to make sure you're safe, but I'm going to get high in here. Like that's like the, the, so delusional. Like that is not okay, but right? But it seems so right at the time. At the right. time, it seemed like Normal. I was yeah. being a good mom. I was right there to watch him. That's crazy. Huh? So what a good a mom real, does, right? Yeah. yeah. Make it really yeah. quick when you say that, right? There's something that comes to mind because I've heard your story multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> can you talk about the 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 part? It it always gets me when you were in the bathroom, and your kids were on the other side of the door, right? And well, we think, you know, kind of the same thing. You're talking about like on my last little. Yes, that. Oh, 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 oh that's down. We're gonna get to that. Oh, I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna get to that. Yeah. Yes, buddy. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. That's that's yeah. powerful. Gotcha. Yeah, it, so it was. Real, it though. got so real. When we were talking about it right before we we started to record, I'm I'm thinking I'm about to get some tears in my eyes, <laughs> and that's okay because I get a feel today. Yes. Right. Like we feel good or bad, but we get a feel, and we're okay with it. We know how to handle it. And the difference today is when life happens, when I feel anything, negative emotions, pocket fuck up some positive shit too if I wanted to. Um, but I get to feel it today without having to use over it. And that's Amen. the power of God in this program. Amen. And so now here we are, we're doing meth on another relapse and, and, and the progression of this disease happens so quick that <laughs> the DEA is also progressive apparently because yeah. <laughs> they were quick. I mean, I don't know yeah. how long this run was, but I know that the DEA gets involved. And so what, how's this, this run end up, you know, it, because you, you briefly told me how this run ends. And so why don't you take a moment to talk about the suicide attempt that comes in this. Like, just share about that, that yeah. powerful moment. Um, you know, my, my, my attempt was because of a phone call I got from my sister, Natalie. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, remember, I remember that phone call like it was yesterday. And um, it was, you know, I answer the phone and, and all I can hear is my sister is saying, Dominica, you need to come home right now. I can't do this anymore. Your son needs you. Please come home. And all I can tell her was, I can't. I can't come home. I I have a lot of I have a lot of drugs left, right? Yeah. I knew it. I, I can't come home. Like something would not allow me to go to my kid. And after that phone call that night, I looked in the mirror and I I didn't recognize the person that I had become. And I realized that I made this like the supreme sacrifice, yeah, right? Rather than continue to fight doctor's opinion. Right. And uh, I walked into the closet and I said the hour father and I asked God to take my life away. You know, and he did. He did. And he, he actually blessed me with another life. Um, you know, and, um, I went to work <laughs> after an attempt to suicide. I finally, my head was finally spinning like the exorcist. I got what I wanted. Yeah. And there was this beautiful angelic kitchen manager that saw something was wrong. And she said, you, you know, come here. 
And she pulls me into the office. And all I can do, you guys, I just I deny, deny, deny. And she pulls up her kitchen sleeves, you know, like that kitchen coat that the kitchen yeah, managers yeah. wear. Chef jacket or something. Yeah, the chef yeah. jacket. And uh, I see the, the, the healed up track marks on her arms. And she holds them out. And she says, do you want to die like this? Or do you want to get your fucking life back? What'd you say? Took a breath, man. Like for the first time, like somebody like understood what I was going through and like had a, what to me was a solution, you know. And and I wanted, I wanted whatever she had. Like I was willing and ready to get help. And uh, so that started off a journey in a, a beautiful five day resort called Community Bridges. Oh my oh, gosh! Shout out CBI. <laughs> You know, it's crazy, right? Like I went through CBI, Mesa Drive. And uh, now that Mesa Drive hit that thing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, now that I'm in, I don't know how these other detoxes, if they were around at that time, but apparently that's the shittiest one. Like the CBI is like the, the no compared to what they got now. Like, oh, CBI, you meant? Yeah. No, Mesa was better than the Lark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Lark is always that. I mean, that that's yeah. It was a high that's end Skid Row detoxer, you know. No. But they got some really nice high ones end. now. Yes. Yeah. But yes. shout out to CBI shout and out. yeah, the twenty four hour <laughs> ob, um, observatory aspect mm-hmm. of that. You literally got to like throw up and shit on yourself just to get in. Otherwise, they turn you away to the dope man. It's literally out front. I remember I was in the back at CBI and the dude pops up over the fence. He's like, hey, you guys want to get high? I'm like, holy shit. I called my dope man from the from the phone inside. You know, they got that little phone no. right there. He's like, where are you at? Paisa, too. He didn't even speak English. And I'm trying to get him to front me some shit. I already owed him money, naturally. Um, but anyways, another story, another time. So, um, you go to CBI now and now this, that moment right there starts a six year journey in recovery and, and recovery is about recovering things, right? Mm -hmm. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And what comes with recovering those four things are a whole bunch of other, a plethora of other things like a family and a husband and a job and cars and money and watches for Ron and me shoes (laughs) and what, right? (laughs) And I, I, that doesn't, it brings me happiness. I'm going to say straight up. I like makes nice things. It makes me happy. It does. But I was the happiest I'd ever been in prison. Aside from my beautiful wife and daughter not being there with them. When I found recovery in prison and I didn't have shit. Right. And I was the happiest I had ever been. Right. So all, all this other stuff is just a plus. Right. Mm-hmm. So why don't you share that six year journey in recovery? You know, it was, um, it was an incredible experience and I thank God for it, even though I had relapsed, you know, after, I mean, can I be completely honest that six years means I was just six years in the program, not six years straight sober. Um, Mm. I picked up a couple dirty chips, however, um, no regrets. You know, the experience was amazing. I met my husband. Um, I consider myself his best 13th step. Oh, 13. You know why they call it the, the 13th step? Yeah, it's because it's, it's, I'll tell you <laughs> right like now, hear your version. <laughs> I'll tell you my version, right? The reason they call it 13 step in is it's because it's step 12 plus step one. Let me share my unmanageable life with you. Ooh. 13. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. I like it. I like, yeah. it. I like that. I just want to know if your sneakers were cleaner. Oh, that's my. all Probably I want to know. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> Can I take off my shoes today and let him know? Look, yeah. hey. Oh, they're clean. They're clean. Oh, they be yeah. clean. Yeah. They be clean. Yes. Oh, you keep know? Some clean. 
Right. So, you know, you're on this six year journey. Right. And, um, you know, you there's one thing, though, you you weren't you weren't completely convinced. Right. That no. you that alcohol was Mm-mm. a problem. Right. No. So I had Dante back in my life. I had Savannah. You know, I have um, my husband. We're soon to be we're engaged and, and we get married. And, you know, I have this reservation because I'm not an alcoholic. Just yeah. don't give me drugs and everything will be okay. Right, Ron? I'm not an alcoholic, right. so don't give me meth and everything will be okay. Sure. Yeah, that's it. Don't just give no, me pills and everything no will be okay. It's going to be fine. And I have this drink and like everything, everything goes great, right? June 5th, 2014, the kids, you know, baths, uh, dinners, all that, nothing, nothing bad happens. You got away you know? with it. Yeah. Cunning, baffling, powerful. End of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. Mm. No, until yeah. around the 90th day, I was... Smoking heroin in the bathroom with mm. my husband. And I don't even like heroin. To this yeah. day, mm. I am a heroin addict who doesn't like heroin. Mm. But I'll do whatever it takes to fill this God-sized hole all over again. You know, and, and I have to make a couple moves. You know, like the bills are too high. I move into Sunny Slope, Arizona. Oh, shout out to the slopes. Slopes, right? Yeah. We're in the slopes. Slope style. We are in the slopes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. we are. And uh, man, just just driving through memory lane, mm. and I, and I bump into um, meth, right? I bump mm. into meth, and um, just like accidentally, kind of, yeah, absolutely Ooh, boom. accidentally, boom, boom. Bumped, bumped into a teener. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember, my God, slip trail, slip fell, landed on a teener. <laughs> it didn't take long. Um, it happened so quickly. I remember. Mom, mom, we're hungry. I'll be right there. Mom, we're still hungry. I'll be right there. That, that's all I can just say for the longest time. And, and their fingers were like under the door frame. And you can see my little children's fingers. They just want mom and dad. And all I can continue to say is I'll be right there because this drug is so powerful that I can't even stop to feed my kids now. Right? Mm. And I find out I'm five months pregnant and I'm addicted to heroin and meth. And um, fuck, man, DCS is knocking on my door. And, and I never thought DCS was going to get me, right? Because I'm going to outsmart right. DCS. Yeah, sure. Not me. You know, they're not going to, as fast, as fast as I can be, you're never going to catch me, right? right? Yeah. And uh, no, that was just all lies in my head again. I got caught. I got caught big time. And the psychosis started getting to my head uh, really quick. I was cutting the, the clothes off my children because I thought they were bugged. And those, those trips to the park, they were so meaningful, right? You like, takes you hours to get ready to get your kids in the car because you're going to be a good mom on drugs. And then you go, mm. they go down the slide one time. And you're like, okay, we're done. Let's go, right? Because you're just go. so fucking paranoid. Yeah. You can't even take your kid to the nearby park to play for a little bit. And, and they become a ward of the state. And, and before you knew it, like so quickly, man, I'm losing my job. I'm, my sanity is fucking gone. I'm cutting clothes off of myself. Um, my husband's a cop. I must be an under investigation. Like all this, like this, this nightmare, like living in the worst horror movie you could possibly ever think you've watched is what was the reality then for me in my psychosis. And, um, I ended up having a baby on the streets I wanted to get, I wanted to get sober. You know, I, I kept saying I'll go to CBI tomorrow and 
I'm going to go. I'm going to call Crossroads. I'm going to call Crossroads. Just one more, you know, and this just, okay, just one more. And then I'm going to go. I'm going to make that phone. And it's just that one more and one more and one more lasted throughout that whole pregnancy. And then boom, my baby is born, right? And uh, she has four holes in her heart. Her stomach's not attached to her bowel. She couldn't even take that, what's that called, marconium? Mm-hmm. 45 days yeah. before she could even take her first. And um, I just, I remember so vividly how they slammed the door in my face at the Phoenix Children's Hospital and said, you're never going to see your kid again. So now I have no children. You know, I, I pushed my husband out because it's all his fault, yeah, right? Yeah, see what you made me do? Yeah, how dare yeah, you? How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. You know, and uh, I have this uh, this master plan where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get sober, <laughs> kind of, sorta, of, really. Yeah. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do again what I want to do when I want to do it with who I want to do it. So I move in with the dope dealer. Oh, convenience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I almost moved in with Ron one time. <laughs> <laughs> There's still plenty of chances, buddy. Yeah. Keep, keep coming back. Yeah, <laughs> it works if you work it. Different story, different time. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Ron actually moved into my daughter's princess tent that she had up in her room and slept in that thing for a while. It came out with a pink shirt. And my daughter was yeah. running around the house with three or four watches, and oh she calls him Uncle Crazy to this day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll just tell you real quick. So she had this beautiful princess room that Jay and Ashley had for Bella. And uh, I would, you know, when I would come to Jay's house, I'd be off my rocker loaded, but I'd be my best friend was Bella. Yeah. It wasn't Jay, so me and Bella would be hanging out in this princess room. And yeah, when I wasn't it. there, she thought I went in the castle and took off. Yeah. So she would be yelling in the castle, Uncle Crazy, yeah. Uncle Crazy. Yeah. 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 Oh. That's cute. I'd wake up from a blackout in a princess room. <laughs> <laughs> all <Yeah>. the time <laughs> so anyhow and so yeah and and again though it's you know the progression and so the baby's born and and you're dealing with that and why don't you why don't you pick back up from there so um i leave my husband i move in with the dope, the dope dealer, dealer okay, yeah. and um i find out and you know i never <laughs> It, it never dawned on me when I was just going there to pick up dope, and I was always warned about this place to not go there. Uh, but I found out that right where I went was like the heart of the um, uh, human trafficking, prostitution ring, midnight production, black market sale, child pornography. Yeah, it's like the worst, maybe one of the worst possible things out there. And nobody ever believes you, right? Yeah. Nobody ever believes yeah. us. You know, so I believe you. For those who are listening, I absolutely 100% know you're not crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, just wow, right? And yeah, I remember little opportunities like that I had to ever. run and get away. Right. And, and I didn't, right? Because, like, that powerlessness yeah. to where, like, okay, I just got to get some more. Yeah. Right? And it was right there. And, and by the, you know, God saved me by the grace of God. You know, however, some things happened, and I was afraid to fall asleep. I was afraid to fall asleep, but then all of a sudden, like, I don't know what it was just, I get beat up by the Phoenix police, mm. right? Because I'm biting cops. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Can't do I that. get thrown yeah. into a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Ron's actually done that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I got thrown out of the mental Bella hospital. Bella was there. No. <laughs> yeah. That was the neighbor. Oh, oh 
honey. <laughs> neighbor told Bella that she couldn't uh, jump into the, the pool anymore. And Ron, <laughs> I told Ron and he beeline straight out there and he just scolded this dude to death. and was like, this little girl can do whatever she wants. And dude oh, was like, okay, God. okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she just wanted to go swimming. Yeah, she just wanted to go swimming. Oh, gosh. Yeah, just and so crazy. now, and now, <laughs> I, and and I don't mean to like take it to something lighter, and maybe no, that was God's right. plan to just to take the edge off of that mm-hmm. because this is such a serious thing. And and when you say that I believe you, it's it's so powerful and so meaningful. And and the same thing when Ron says you matter, and and that's why we're here because we believe you. You matter. We get it. We have a solution. All you have to do is walk in the door. And raise your hand and say, my name's Jason. I'm an alcoholic and I need some help. Um, that's what this program's all about. Um, but what happens? How does this thing come to an end at that time period and the trauma and the abuse and everything that you endure during that period of time for another hit, right? What? How does this thing kind of end? I started remembering what my life was like in this program. Yeah. And um, I really missed... I really miss knowing what my kids were wearing, and I'm going to get emotional, um, and I really miss, like, what my kids were eating for breakfast, or what was their favorite song, you know, what was their favorite rhyme or book to read, I had no idea, and I missed that, and I wanted that back, and it gave me, like, this little bit of hope again that I hadn't had in the longest time, and I, I ended up um, going to a house where I used to do step work back in 2010, and Um, I remember knocking on the door and ringing that doorbell and like nobody was answering. And I slipped a letter in the mailbox and it said, Michael, I need your help. Call me ASAP. And my phone rang that night and he asked me what I was doing. And and I just, I remember it again, like yesterday, I told him I'm fucking dying. And if I don't die by these drugs or these people don't kill me, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Like I can't do this anymore. Please come get me. I am willing to do whatever it takes. He said, that's all I need to hear. Mm-hmm. And he came and got me. And, and then you, here's like, here's where it's just like, still, it's still, whoa. Like, so, whoa, is that I got into, I got into his vehicle and he said, do you want to know something funny? And I said, what? I'm like 82 pounds soaking wet, broken. Yeah. Right. And he says, I moved out of that house where you left that letter five years ago. And I'm like, what? And he said, um, mm. Yeah, he said that, you know, God has a plan, and um, he has a plan, and and so he, a faithful renter, right, or a faithful member of the program moved into that house and knew of me, knew who I was, because we spoke at a meeting one day, so he had he had my phone number, and he knew who I was, and so mm-hmm. with that phone number, he, he knew exactly who I was trying to reach out for, so... I guess he got a call and said, there's a girl with some really cute bubbly handwriting and she's ready and willing to do this deal. Go get her. And so there he was, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. I just looked up at the sky and for the first time I was like, thank you, God. Right. Like, thank you, God. And I was so mad at God. Like I was still so mad at God, but I couldn't do anything but thank him because he had a plan. Yeah. He knew. And and when we have those moments of awareness, right. and, And we see how God had handled that outcome because that's God's job, right? And we know that today, right? Our job is to do the footwork. It's a 50-50 relationship. My job is the action steps on a day-to-day basis. That's my 50%. And God's 50% is the outcomes in my life. 
And that moment right there, you took the action by writing the letter, leaving it in the mailbox, and God took care of the outcome. And that's how we do this thing, man. And, and so when's your sobriety date? April 18th of 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. Yep. So five years. You celebrate five years over five years, right? Almost five. Almost five years. Okay. Yeah. So Almost five. Oh, my dude, God. I, dude, I did prison <laughs> math, brother. <laughs> but, well, my sobriety date is February 4th of 2018. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I should have known that. No, it's okay. <laughs> congratulations. But congrats, man. <laughs> yeah. It's I just want to say Not something. Only. Yeah, sitting here listening to your story again and actually being up up close and and feeling the power. It's and, powerful. Dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the power in your message. <clears throat> Not that you need to hear this from me, but I need to say this for me. You matter, mm-hmm. and you're a survivor. And Jay and I have have met a few women in this journey yes. who have been through what you went through, and they stand up tall today. And they speak truth into this mic. And you're there. You're that example. for. There's a woman out there that's going to need to hear this. I know how many women's lives you've touched with your story. And yep. I'm just honored to, to be your friend. You're a very, very powerful person, Dominica. And thank you for coming and sharing with us. And I just needed to say that now. I, I, I should have said that for the end. But just hearing yeah, that. When, uh, you said, when you said that, when you said, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's uh, uh, I need to get out there too when you're when you're at a um, a meeting speaking in front of everyone. I got to get out there to feel that moment because there's several of those moments, sure. right? And God's given us the ability to all three of us to go out and to share our message, and He gives us the courage to go in front of as many people are there and be honest and truthful and and be vulnerable, right? And share some things that we said that we probably would never tell anyone ever again, but we shared them in a fist step and then we shared them in another fist step with a sponsee and we seen the light come on, right? Absolutely. And we've we seen those things happen. And so now the attachment to those isn't the, those dark things that used to cause guilt, shame, embarrassment, remorse, regret. That negative attachment is now turned into a positive one mm-hmm. because now we're more qualified to help others who've gone through the same thing. Right. And and that is the healing that comes from working your steps, honestly, and thorough and open minded and doing all the things and the requirements, and the directions of the book. Another For time, sure. another show. Another time, another show, brother. All right. And, oh and gosh. so it now here, now here that. we are. Yeah. Now here we are. Right. And so here we are steps and, and, Woo! you know, sponsoring a ton Woo! of different women. Service junkie. Woo! Uh, yeah. Jay, Jay, yeah. Every, every single event that there's a microphone, mm-hmm. Dominic is on the 50 50 raffle, you know, uh, getting people to do service. You know, yeah. she's the she's the ringleader. And so <laughs> after, you know, that period of time when you had that, you know, moment of clarity and wanting to know about the kids and what they were going through mm-hmm. and what they were wearing and what they were doing in school, right? And you, you put the letter in the mailbox and God you know, got the got the message to the right person that got to you, that got you the sponsor. And so now you go on this journey of almost five years of working the steps. Um, what do you think was different this time when you worked, <laughs> worked the steps? <laughs> Oh, man, I could pinpoint out one scenario right off the bat when you ask me that question. Um, I remember Michael wanted me to go to meetings, and I was like, no, no, I know what to do. And I kept telling him, I know what to do. 
I've been in this program. I know what to do. And he literally looked right at me and said, shut the fuck up. You do <laughs> not know what to do because if you knew anything, you wouldn't be picking up a newcomer chip. Mm. Mm. Okay. Fact. Good point. <laughs> what else can I say? Right? Like, oh, I, you, how do you even yeah, argue against you that? Don't. You don't. If, you don't. If you're, if you've been given the gift of pain and desperation, you don't argue that and you say, you're right. Oh my God. What do I got to do? Whew. You know, what, what do I got to do? Yes. Um, I had to get into some sober living. So let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I got kicked out a few too. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, at, at times dude, life happens and we still yeah. feel and we still get angry and we're still human and we're not perfect and nope. we have to keep this thing in check. And, and when they crop up in 10, we got to, at once we got to apply the program and then at night I got to do a step 11 and I got to look over my day so I could be better tomorrow yes. right and that's the, the it's the accountability and the, the design for living that this program gives us to handle life when life happens mm-hmm. if I don't have it then I smoke crack on Van Buren again <laughs> right like that's how this thing works mm-hmm. um, but today it gives us the ability to have beautiful lives and the promises materialize over and over again mm-hmm. so I want you to take some just some time just to share the promises that have materialized in your life, you know, because it's so important for, for people to hear what we're recovering as well. So why don't you just share the, you know, the beautiful life that you have today? Well, one of the first things that I recovered is again, just God working in my life. My husband was, um, at a, a sober living facility treatment center called paradise keys. Oh, I was there. I've been there 35th and Greenway, Greenway Parkway. I was there with Tony Marinucci. Oh God, rest in peace. Pops. (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, they had that ping pong table, and there used to yep. be a pool, and they there like, is. yeah, there was mm-hmm. a pool there. Yeah, we still do events there. Yeah, yes, we do. Okay, and uh, so he heard this female speak at a, a, a meeting, and he actually brought me her phone number at the. I was at the Denson House at the time, and he just said, "I heard, I heard a female story. She has a lot in common with you. Give her a call. I know you need a sponsor." Walked away. Ugh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to listen to anyone. Still, yeah. you know, and I'm so especially him. Oh, yeah. especially right. You know, because my husband's a cop. Yeah. And um, still I'm still in psychosis. You. I was in psychosis for two years. It, I'm two glad years you. I'm glad. Sobriety. I'm glad you brought that up because because post post acute withdrawal, which psychosis is part of that, could last mm-hmm. up to two years. Meth is the longest that could last even longer than that. The brain is marvelous; it'll heal itself. Yeah. Right. The neural pathways and and the in the pleasure center in your brain will start to engage again because it's been hijacked for so long from the drugs and alcohol. But just because just stopping getting fucking high is the bare minimum. You haven't done nothing yet. Nope. Right. right. No. No. You know. And let me tell you, if you guys would have asked me to sit here in front of this camera with these microphones on, <laughs> oh hell no, I'm out of here. Uh-uh, that would never have happened. You yeah. know. Honest. Yeah. So, yeah you we know, would never got timing. you in the building. No. no not no. even. Nope. You know. So so eventually, this way, I call this number. Right. I, I call the number, and this lady answers the phone, and her name is Julie, and she's like, "Hi, Dominica," and she's like, "Oh my God, she's so happy," and I'm like, "I'm sorry. Do you know me, honey? You don't remember me?" No, I don't. I was your kitchen manager back in 2010, the day you tried to kill mm. yourself. Mm. Lady that rolled up her sleeves. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Right? She says, when you step into the light, the darkness will go away. And I just bawled my fucking mm, eyes out. Yeah. Right? I bawled my eyes out. And so we got to get to work, you know? And, and, and I'm like really doing this deal. Like I had finally can fully concede with my innermost self 
that I am alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I am a drug addict with alcoholic tendencies, behaviors, patterns. And, and the craziest thing is that I realized like what these people are doing in the book back then when it was written, it's still affecting us the same today. Right. It's just true. different places, different time, different people. But that the emotion, I'm like, wow, I can, I'm really an alcoholic, it's right? there. It's right? right there. We suffer from the alcoholic mentality. Yeah. That's what we suffer from. Not from Bud Light, not from Budweiser, not from crack cocaine. We suffer from the alcoholic mentality. The book is a a life book. Everybody on the planet should work the steps. It's designed to turn you into the finest specimen of man or womanhood as one could ever wish to meet. Mm. The best version of Mm. yourself. I think God is the finest specimen of manhood, but I'm a hell of a lot better than I've ever been. Right? And that's what this program is all about. Um, and, and what else have you recovered? Ooh, is she still your sponsor? She is. Oh, sh- absolutely. Shout out. <laughs> still call her three to four times a week. Yeah, that's so awesome. Absolutely. You know, mm. and she's having me do these deals. Like every time something wasn't going my way, she would just say, come on, come be of service. And, and I got into the events and I'm doing these things. And then one day I get this call around, I don't know, like six or seven. And they ask me if I, they tell me DCS tells me I can see Delilah the baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, that cab never showed up. I was crying, crying, crying. She just said, it's okay. More shall be refilled. Just come on, come be of service. And, and I just kept being of service and doing everything I possibly can that everyone else with good sobriety time showing, right? Mm-hmm. What we want to see in people. Mm-hmm. That's who I listen to. And, uh, and one day that cab showed up and I got to see my yeah, baby. I did. Yes. Mm, yeah, and, I did. uh, wow. What a beautiful miracle is she? Yeah. Delilah serenity. Shout out. Delilah. Shout out to Delilah. And so I found out that my baby with trisomy 21 Down syndrome has a foster father that is a heart surgeon. And her foster mom is the state advocate for children with Down syndrome out here in Arizona. And I remember sitting on a bench after this visit and I looked at my husband and I said, God just did for me what I could not do for myself. We can't keep her. Yeah. I'm not equipped for this baby because... She cannot go to meetings. She cannot be around cigarettes or vapes or clapping. She'll have a heart attack. And so I have to be there for the other two children, right? Yeah. And I have to work this program because I can see history repeats itself. And I ain't going back. <laughs> you know? And so got that right. just all these things just keep happening, keep happening, keep happening. You know, apartment and jobs and friends. Yeah. And it's just absolutely like overwhelming how amazing life has gotten and it took a lot of work this time i didn't get everything back really quick let me just make sure i'm clear about that i had to put in a lot of work a lot of i had to be uncomfortable um i had to be vulnerable and i had to do this deal right mandatory and i and i already learned from my past experiences yeah right so um you know dcs cases are closed yeah dante and savannah are home yes they are my sister is is back in my life my mother allows me to help her put her shirt on or brush her hair, mm. right? My dad is hugging me. Like, it's just like little bits at a time. And, and I always say like time, time, time is things I must earn. Mm. So like every time I want something and I don't get it, I have to work harder on me because it's God in recovery and then everything else will fall into place. You know, and my husband is back mm. and... um. Recovery is not easy. No. no, it's not. It's not. It's a lot of work, you know, but I have not had to pick up a drink or a drug, no matter what, good, bad, or ugly, since before April 18th. I, that's just my sobriety date that I chose to have. Yeah. And that's 
freaking incredible for a drug addict like me, you know? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Sure yeah, a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so if you don't believe in miracles, you're absolutely looking at one right now. Yeah. And it took me a long time to actually say that out loud. Yeah. Really yeah. did, you know? And, uh, and so I do the step work. So like one, two, and three is building that strong foundation. I always looked at it like this is like, if you build a house on sand, but then it rains, what happens to your house? It's going to get washed away. Mm. Got to build a strong bye bye. foundation, right? Mm. You know, the steps, you know, uh, four and five are about me. I got to do this. I got to empty it out. I got to yeah. be honest and vulnerable. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Step mm. six and seven. Let's talk about the shit list and turn it into a grit. Who a am I going to be? Yeah. Right. You know, and, and really work on that. And steps eight and nine are about other people. Enough about me. Let's talk about you. Yeah. How can I make things right? Let's rebuild some relationships. Oh, God, those steps are so hard right there. <laughs> but, you know, they're so, yeah. looking back, it's like, wow, why was I so afraid? Yeah. You know? It's because we build up this false narrative in our head that the fear associated with it, and we all think we're mind readers, and I know how they're going to respond. It's going to be this way, and it's going to be so bad, and they're going to say this, and they're going to do this, and it prevents me, that false narrative I've created, it prevents me from having a conversation. And that's one thing about recovery. Recovery teaches me today to have the tough, uncomfortable conversations. I have to have those because if I don't, it'll stew up here, and then that's my alcoholic mentality manifesting itself again. Mm -hmm. And then you have the conversations and you make those men's and the book tells me that nine times out of 10 and the unexpected happens. Mm -hmm. And that was my experience. Um, and everything was the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Right. It's crazy. It's kind of like, uh, you already just, you were, you already got fired from a job. You haven't even been hired yet because your mind's <laughs> taking you there, right? Like, you, you haven't even hired yet. What yeah, are you doing? You know, exactly. and, and so true. And then, you know, here comes 10, 11 and 12, the maintenance steps, right? You know, and I'm not just working these steps this time. I'm living these steps. And that's the key, right? right? I'm living this book because I have to do this deal everywhere I go, at, whether it's the grocery store or in the car or if I'm not driving fast enough, there's three other lanes. Pick one, buddy. You know, like, sure. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, whew, and I have serenity and calamity and life has been crazy. It's been up and down for my husband and I, you know, but yeah. I'm still sober today. These kids are still here. You know, I'm employable. I am employable. Oh my goodness gracious. Do I have a job? Mm. I have an amazing job. And like, they want me to come back to work tomorrow. Yeah, it's awesome, right? <laughs> like, wow, you that know? feels good. Shout out DZ, if I'm allowed to say yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely, demands Shout it. Out. You know, and um, just the relationships, it, it just it just keeps going on God's time, on God's time. It just keeps coming in, you know? And, and so what, what it looks like for me today is like I wake up and instantly I thank God I'm alive because so many people die from this disease. I'm going to say a prayer for the one who died while we were recording the session. Yeah. The many, many who died. Yeah. You know, and uh, kind of review my day. Yeah. Right? And, and then I, and I get to go to work. Yeah. Get to. I get to go to work, right? And I, and I, and I get to wake up my kids for school. Oh. Yeah. Because they're back. Yes, they are. And I get to fight with them and wake them up 17 more times <laughs> mm -hmm. in the same hour. <laughs> I turned a, a, a usually Ash wakes up, Bellix, I'm at the gym. But when I do, I turn the light on. She's just so mad when I wake her up. She's so mad that she's got to get up. Oh, my God. I'm the same way. But though. That, is what, that is what life is about by being engaged in the relationships in our life. Yeah. And it's so much fun, too. 
Yeah. And when we feel that and when we stay engaged, we, that is spirituality. Spirituality, this is spiritual program, not religious, it's spiritual. Correct. And spirituality is an experience. And it, what happens is this program shows me how to experience God in my life. And when I experience God on a day-to-day basis more than I experience myself will, that's a good day. And when I look in the mirror and I see a good father, brother, husband, and son, I don't want to change the way I feel anymore. Not at all. And you know, you know, I had one fear for the past four years. Can I share it with you? Yeah. yeah. I had a fear. I was praying for four years for God to give me the courage to ask um, Delilah's foster mom, or well, parents now, um, if I can see her over a video chat. Right. And I, cause I got, I get emails and yeah. stuff and that's really cool. And I finally, finally built that courage to send that, send that email. I finally hit sent and boy, was I bawling my eyes out. Right. And, uh, I got a return email, um, probably an hour later and said, unfortunately you're unable to see her over video, but what we can do is next time we're in Scottsdale, we'll let you know and you can see her in person. Yeah. You know, that's right. And I could still like cry right now because people say like, don't leave before the miracle happens, yeah. right? More shall be revealed, right? This too shall pass. And I always like, Ugh, you know, and My it's like, My mom's been damn. saying that to me. She, turns out mom Ooh. was right about yeah, everything. I'll, everything. Everything, yeah, right? mom was right. You know, and so like, and, and I look back and I'm like, for four years, I fucking feared one email, mm-hmm. right? And all <laughs> I could have done was just push send it and maybe I had to work harder on myself and send a second one mm-hmm. two years later, but- God's plan, you know, and uh, so now, now I get to patiently wait, yeah. keep working on myself. Basically, my day looks like this. Don't piss off people and go owing an amends and pack into the stream of life. Yes. And if I could do those two things to the best of my ability, I'm not perfect. I have a really good chance of going to bed sober, right? And, and, and ultimately, I'm going to look for the one person's hand that I can grab, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my best to place it in the hand of God's, right? That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Because when you step into the light, the darkness goes away. I mean, your your message tonight was so powerful, and I'm just so grateful we're able to to Straight get her to get her out her out here. And you know, I got a bunch of videos. I know you got some videos, and you get a ton of streams on your on your on your shares because they're so powerful, and you have the privilege to to speak all over the valley. And it's been an honor to have you here tonight to share your message with all the listeners. And continue to follow the Powerless to Powerful Recovery podcast. Ron, they find us where they find us at TikTok. Facebook, TikTok, Ronnie, no matter what. Oh, Ronnie, no matter what. Like, subscribe. If you want to be on the show, continue to message us. We will get you on. But continue to follow and share the message of hope. That's what this thing's all about. When you hear the the message of, of, of Ron and I and all of the special guests in Dominica and everyone who's been on the show, what we're showing you is that if, you, if we can do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. This is a team sport. Come be a part of our team. So continue to follow, like, subscribe. We love you. We appreciate all the followers. You guys are so loyal all across the world. Thank you and continue to watch for the new episodes. Dominica, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Dominica. So continue to follow the podcast, and for everyone out there, we love you, and you matter. You guys are incredible. I don't know. I'm grateful (laughs) is an understatement. Thank you so much, you know, for having me here. And, you know, if one of you out there is suffering and you felt like, you know, you're about to end your night tonight, like, you don't have to. Like, this this shit is real. Like, we do recover, you know, and, uh, I was an addict 24 seven. 
<sighs> so I'm in recovery 24 seven. Right. Reach out. Awesome. With that yeah. I pass. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show and continue to tune in. I would like to actually spin. Mm-hmm. Thank my sponsor. Yeah. Truly. I love you very, very much. And thank you for never, ever giving up on me. Um, because I was once a lost cause and you literally have taken my hand to place in the hand of God's and I wouldn't be here today without you. And I love you so very much. And, um, thank you. Thank you. You got a miracle here. <laughs>